I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been teaching on something that is one of the most in-depth things that I've ever run across. I've done a lot of in-depth things. I did four and a half years on the book of Revelation on Sunday night. That was 236 messages. Then I came back and did another 30 or 40. I hadn't counted them. And and I still didn't finish it. I went through every, nearly every word in the book and the Greek text and all the culture and the customs, the idioms and the metaphors. And then what I'm trying to do, I've, I've done Gematria series. That's where all the all the letters of the Greek and Hebrew alphabet were given numbers when they invented them, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then 10, 20, 30, 40, and then 100, 200, 300, and so forth. And then, uh, then I did a series on, uh, on Gematria, and that's where the, the things are numbered. And I've done many in-depth series. I did a DNA series, very interesting series. I've done uh, a series on demons, how there's no such thing as demons. Demon daemonion means to distribute fortunes. Demon and capitalism has the same definition. That's what's frightening. And we've done so many series. I did a, several messages on biblical biology. I've done several on biblical chemistry. Then I did. I went into chemistry and and atom structure and molecular structure of atoms. And then I did a halakha series. That's the doctrine of the Pharisees that no preachers hardly know anything about. And uh, what I've been into right now, those were some in-depth series. I'm in a Sabbath series. Sabbath has been really mistreated. Sabbath means rest. It does not mean seventh. It means rest. And everything over here in the Old Testament, the temple, was literal. It was a shadow. The Bible says the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image. The image in the New Testament, image, is the word icon. It means representative, represent. Over here you had the temple, you had a veil of the temple, had the Ark of the Covenant, you had seven candlesticks, you had table of showbread, you had the altar of incense. These were all beaten gold. Outside the temple, you had the altar, which was a type of the cross, and you had the brazen sea. At first, when they left Egypt, it was just a laver, a laver. And all of this is represented in the church. The Ark of the Covenant was sprinkled over here, and now our hearts are sprinkled, hearts sprinkled. Over here in the Old Testament, the law was written on tables of stone. Over here, the law is written on fleshy tables of our hearts. Hearts. 
and it's sprinkled with blood and a baptism was actually sprinkled with the blood of Christ. You had a veil here, you had a veil over here, and the veil over here, the Bible says the veil was his flesh, the flesh is the bread, the bread is the body, and the body is the church. And it goes further than that. Then you have the altar of incense. The Bible says the altar of incense in Revelation, that fourth and fifth chapter says the altar of incense is the prayers of the saints now. Prayers of saints. And then you have the seven candlesticks. The Bible says in Revelation, the first chapter, that that is the churches of Asia. It's actually the candlesticks represent the candlesticks represent the seven churches and the and the oil inside the candlesticks that brings the light the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit and the only purpose of that that was the only official light in Israel so that was the Holy Spirit inside the church or inside the believer and then you had the table of showbread, we being many are one bread and one body. So everything over here equals this. That's true for no part of the Bible is ever done away with. The Old Testament comes in two parts. Old Testament Testament comes in two parts. comes in the letter and the spirit the bible says in second corinthians the third chapter the letter killeth that is the rituals rituals and the spirit giveth life and the holy spirit there's one spirit and that is the holy spirit is truth and that gives life and thy word is truth and the Holy Spirit is truth. So the Spirit gives life. And everything over there, including the Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Ingathering, which is the same thing as the Feast of Tabernacles and Feast of Huts, they're all the same. That commemorated Israel's time in the wilderness when they lived in huts or lived in tents or tabernacles. And that was coupled with the Day of Atonement. And all of that is spiritual now, including the Sabbath. When the Bible says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, Colossians 2.14, Blotting out the letter of the law. The laws, there's two letters, two places the law is written. On tables of stone and on fleshy tables of our hearts. So one of these is going to be blotted out. It's certainly not going to be on the heart. Blotting out the handwriting of rituals on the tables of stone, but the Sabbath will be here forever, just like the Passover, the Bible says in Exodus 12, will be forever, and Pentecost is forever, but it's all spiritual now. Now, I'm getting into the spiritual Passover. Passover. 
and excuse me, the spiritual Sabbath. Let me erase this. The spiritual Sabbath is not every day. It's not every seven days. It's every day. And people say, well, the Sabbath was changed uh, to Sunday by Roman Catholics. It was not. That was an invention of Ellen White. Ellen White began the Seventh-day Adventist. They try to tell you, if you don't observe the Sabbath, you're taking the mark of the beast. You're ignorant, too. Mark, I'm not going to go into Mark. I don't have time. So the Sabbath is every day, and I'm trying to show you that. Sabbath means rest. You're supposed to be resting daily. This has to do with ceasing sin And engage, that engages you in rest. I was talking to one of the guys before church, and I this is something I want to get over to everybody if I can, but I don't think I can do it. God has to do that to you. I want people to come to a place of realizing you have to give up yourself to rest. One of the several words of giving up self always remind me of the of covetousness that is pleonectase. And it means want more. I want more car. I want more square footage in my house. I want more money. I want more job. I want more promotion. I want more everything. I want more. And that means to want more by any way you can get it. By being devious and underhanded and sleazy. And the Bible says, let me put it this way, I want more. That's covetousness. It means to long for that which is forbidden, planactase. It's actually associated with with lust, which is which is epithumia. And epithumia means to long for that which is forbidden. It means to cover your life. Anytime you see epi, it means on top of or cover with thumos, meaning to breathe hard. I, 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 I want that, her, him, that car. I'll do whatever it takes to get it. Well, this is one of the words we have to give up. And within that, you find just self. That's all it is. It's self. And then covetousness is idolatry. And that has to do with I also. Do you know what the word I is in the Greek? It's the word E-G-O. That's the word I. Ego. A man's ego is his downfall. 
I want to be recognized and seen and known for my voice and my ability to play the guitar and my ability to throw a football and my ability to hit a baseball and do, outdo everybody else. And I want to be seen. That's wicked and evil. I believe that sports in America, those are wicked men playing it. I believe that stars in America, what's really funny, we talk about Christmas being sun and tree worship and how they worship the stars. And stars in the world are people that shine in the dark. They're walking in darkness because stars shine in the dark. Ego. E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. That is the word idolatry. It comes from ido, meaning to see, and latruo, meaning to serve. Idolatry means to serve what you see. It's I see, I want. That's what it's about. That's idolatry. The biggest idol that we serve, and it's I that we have to get rid of. I. I, when you stop and think about it, is just sin. When all you want to talk about is I. I've had people come in my presence, and as long as you will talk about them, they will sit and just bask in the glory of it all. But when you quit talking about them, they say, well, I have to go. I got a younger brother that's that way. Every time he would come to my house years ago, he didn't come anymore because I could rebuke him and correct him for his evil heart. And he would say, I have to go now. You got to brag on him as long as he's there. Now, Sabbath, it has to do, Old Testament Sabbath had to do with rituals. And I've told you about them. Exodus 16. They had to stay at home. They couldn't leave their house. They didn't go over here to the temple to listen to a priest offer sacrifice on the temple. In the temple. They didn't do that. They stayed at home, slept and ate their meal that they prepared the day before. And they couldn't have any pleasure. Could do no work. They couldn't even lift anything. Or they were breaking the law of the Sabbath. All of that was the ritual of the Sabbath. And that's blotted out. But we do have to give up self and rest in Christ. And this is what this says right here. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter... All through this chapter, it's talking about kataposis or katapao. Kataposis and katapao, which are, which are variations of the same word. Katapao. Kata means down. And pauses is our word pause. It means to settle or cease. This is a common word for cease all through the New Testament. Cease down. 
or rest or settle down is what it means. And we are working. There's two words for work in the Greek text. One is the word energeo, E-N-E-R-G-E-O. It is a construction of E-N and E-R-G-O-N. Ergon is the common word work. means to toil or labor. And in means within. Anytime you find the word energeo, it has to do with us. It's talking about Christ working in us. It is God that works in you, both to the willing to do of his good pleasure. And Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13. It's God that energeo. But that's it's divided in two parts, in and ergon. In and ergon. So anytime you find that concerning us, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the inner man. And the outer man is self. It's the self we have to give up. And the Bible is specific about the works that we cease in order to enter the spiritual Sabbath. And the works that we have to cease are sin. And then we can rest. So we got to somehow... Self is sin when we get involved in self. I'm not talking about whether you eat a meal or not. I'm not talking about whether you need a car to get to work. I'm talking when you get just overwhelmingly involved in self. That's the problem. So, then you have the word ergon. That means to work. That's usually talking about to work and that's not working in, that's just work. That's self-working. Now, look back at this fourth chapter of, and there's several times this word katapasis is used, or a form of it's used. It's used here in the 12th, in the 11th verse. That's what you don't do on the Sabbath or when you're supposed to be resting. Cautopasis means to settle down and do no work. That's as much of a requirement as working on other days. And then you've got that same word in the 19th verse of the of the Hebrews, the third chapter. So then they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now these two chapters are about... Numbers, Numbers 13 and 14. I've gone through this and I'm not going to go through much of it other than just to tell you when you're talking about entering the spiritual Sabbath, you're actually talking about Israel not willing to go into the land of the Philistines and conquer these people of Anak. They cross the river, they cross the Red Sea, come down here to 
Sinai, this is the Sinai Peninsula, that tongue that runs down there. And this is a picture of us in this world. Then they come up here when they leave Sinai after Moses received the law and they go up to Kadesh Barnea and God tells them to go in and conquer these men of Anak. You notice that's Gaza, Ashkelon, and Gath and all of these Philistines. So that was the land of the Philistines and it was called the land of Anak earlier in the Bible. And those had giants in the land and Israel said they're too big for us and God called that unbelief. So he said I'm going to kill off everybody in Israel from 20 years old and upward. That's military age. The people that refused to go in and conquer the men of Anak. And God called that unbelief. And he called it provoking him. Then he goes in his reference to resting all through this third and fourth chapter is reference to what was going on in the third chapter. And he talks about the rest in fourth chapter you see the word rest. Now, what I did in my Bible, each time it says rest, I, I highlighted in yellow and drew a red circle around it. And you got rest here, 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 here. All through this chapter, you've got katapasis or katapao, and you got one other word that they compare to this rest. And you find that down here, and it's talking about the seventh day that God rested all through here. And then it's talking about, in verse 8, For if Jesus had given them rest, katapao, then would they not afterwards have spoken of another day? And then verse 9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people. That word rest is not called a pao. That's the word. It's mentioned one time in the Bible. Sabbatismos. And the writers say that's a type of heaven, which is a type of entering, coming out of this wilderness going above the Dead Sea and entering into Israel, which is a type of heaven. This is a type of the world, and this is showing our contrariness, and God has to kill off all unbelief, which is this outer man right here. He's got to kill all that off, and there are lists of sin, which is the works of, or the ergon, the ergon of man. The ergon of man is the outer man, and God's got to kill off that outer man over 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. 60 years, and how does he do it? He does it with fire, trial, persecution, and the list goes on and on. And he, the trying of your faith works patience. The trying of your faith is more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire. God's killing off the outer man so this inner man can learn to rest in the spiritual Sabbath. And this is one of the most... I have learned to rest at 81 years old. Well, nearly, anyway. 
I'm nearly learned to rest completely. Not quite completely. I don't get upset at anybody anymore. I don't fight anybody anymore. After I passed 65, I began to learn that what I was preaching was true about predestination, that God's got it all ordained and arranged. When somebody's given me a hard time, I have learned, I started to tell you earlier, as believers, that God, that God has got everything arranged, known unto God are all his works from the beginning. And what are all his works? Everything. And I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Forever, Olah, means it always has been. O-L-A-W-M. It means forever doesn't mean what it means to us. It means it always has been, it always will be. Forever. It always has been. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. And nothing can be put to it. You can't add anything to the word of God. Yasaf. Yasaf. Nor taken from it, you cannot, gara, means to subtract. It's already been declared by God. He's declared the end from the beginning, from ancient times, everything that's not yet done in your life, in my life, in all of the world. If God has arranged that only a few people will find the truth, the Bible says straight is the gate and narrows the way, that leads to eternal life and only a few will find it. Few. His predestinated elect family is just a few people. America is about, it's about 4.5% of the world's population. That's 200, not, excuse me, 300 and 30 to 40 million people. If America's 4.6, let's just call it, so people won't get confused, let's just call it 5%. If that's, if that's all that's in America, Do you think that 5% of 330 million people are going to heaven? Not in any possible way. If, if, if 1% of America, let's just say 10% of America was believers, 10%, which it, that would be an awful lot. 10% of 330 million would be 330,000 wouldn't it be that and that's smaller than a lot of cities do you believe that many people know God and believe the truth it's a puny number here's the point I'm getting at and I told one of the guys before we started he has a tendency to get angry and I've I've had several people here that 
have a tendency to get angry, including me. (laughs) I've had to come out of that. It took years to come out of that. And I'd fight people over what was right. Here's the thing. If few will find the narrow gate, and many are going into the broad way, they're going into hell. So most of the world are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. When you go out there in the world, most of the preachers are going to hell. Most of the business people are going to hell. Most of the people who work down here at the supermarket are going to hell. Most of the people down at the shopping center are going to hell. Most of the car dealers, which we understand that, are going to hell. If that's true, then when somebody does you wrong and God's fixed these many to be headed for hell, why are you arguing with them? You're arguing with the sovereign will of a living God to argue with them. We're not looking for goats to convert. I told this fellow, I love him very much. I said, that means that your mother is probably a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. That means your brother is probably a vessel of wrath. I believe that about my brothers and sisters. If they don't believe the truth and they hate it, I don't believe they can. I don't believe you can go to heaven by being a self-righteous person, doing good deeds. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by His mercy He saves us. So why are you going to argue with somebody when most of the people in the world are vessels of wrath? In all probability, most people you run into don't believe God. If they believe God, they'll embrace it and start standing for it. You say, Jim, you're awful cynical. I sure am. I'm cynical. I've had people write to me and say, you're awful negative. I looked up the word negative in a Webster's Dictionary. It means to deny. Well, I guess I am. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself the outer man that likes to sin and take up his cross daily and crucify self. So this is what I've been working on. Down here in verse 9, there remaineth therefore the rest the Sabbath to the people of God, equating that with katapasis all through that chapter, a settling down, a resting to the people of God. Then he says this magic sentence in the next next verse. For he that hath entered into his rest, katapasis, which is the Sabbath of God, hath ceased from his own works. That word ceased is the word katapao. I told you that the word cease was a form of katapasis, which you do on the spiritual Sabbath. But there's another word there. He has rested from his own ergon. Works. What is his ergon? What is his works? His sin. The Bible says that in Galatians. One more time. Go back to Galatians. Galatians, the fifth chapter. 
We're talking about the works, the ergon of the flesh are these. So this is what you have to cease from to begin to rest. I went through this last week. I'm not going to go through all these words. I'm going to share you some share with you some other chapters where the sin of man is described in great detail. He says here in Galatians five, a man that enters into his Sabbath ceases these works because it says here in chapter five verse 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest which are the ergon and then that verse over there in Hebrews a man ceases his works his ergon and this is what they are and it names adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry I've already gone through all these and given you the Greek definitions witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresy envyings murders drunkenness you say I don't do all these things to be drunk spiritually, all you have to do is mix truth with a lie. A drunken elixir, you had to have a mixed mixture, so much sugar, so much hops, so much leaven, which is hops. And you became drunk spiritually. Revelings has to do with going from house to house, sleeping in bed to bed and such like and then those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is in you Jesus said that's Christ in you you have to have him in you to cause self to want to die after so many years you can't do that all at once and then it's like then I went into the fruit of the spirit did this last week and I hate to have to repeat it, but I don't believe it's that easy to get a hold of. Let me erase some of this. All right. I'll leave Cotopasis up there. Here's the way I've looked at it. And I haven't seen it till just recently. I'll leave that in here and that outer man. God says, here is the works of the flesh that takes you, keeps you away from the spiritual Sabbath. Works of flesh is in complete opposite, or as I said last week, it's an antithesis. A-N-T-I-T-H-E-S-I-S. I'm not going to give you a word unless I define it. Most people don't know what an antithesis is. It means an exact opposite. Antithesis comes from anti, which means opposite. Antithema, which means to lie. It means to lie, to lie, opposite. So works of the flesh lies opposite to spiritual Sabbath. 
and the spiritual Sabbath according to this text, this is the works of the flesh, lies opposite to fruit of the Spirit. And the only time you can have peace in your life and quietness and rest is when you stop this down here and you start resting in Christ. And you can't do that unless you believe that God's doing everything in your life. But Jim, you don't understand. I got problems with my kids. I got problems with drugs uh, in their life. I got problems with uh, uh, my husband beating me. I got problems with him fighting me over Christmas. I got problems with this. I got, but that's all the will of God. You got to stop and accept everything that's happening, and be patient with everybody. Now, so I went through the fruit of the Spirit, which according to the Scripture is exactly opposite to the works of the flesh, which the man that enters into God's Sabbath has ceased these works of the flesh. And it might take you 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years to cease. Boy, it's taken me that long. I'm not any different than you. Now, And let's read the rest. After we finished up the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. I defined all these for you last week. The last couple of weeks, I've defined all of them. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. These are lawful to God. What is lawful? The word law is... Nomos means legally prescribed food for animals. That's the word law. And we are sheep. And our law is to partake of these fruit of the Spirit, and that gives us peace and quietness and rest. Boy, I'm glad I learned that. I was killing myself trying to make a million dollars in real estate. I was killing myself trying to be rich and famous in the music world. It's just insane. There's nothing righteous about the music business. It's nothing but a business. It's all about men wanting to go out there and shine in front of everybody else and say, ain't I great? Look how great I can play this guitar. Look how wonderful I am on the piano. Listen to me saying, what? And that's self. That's all it is. You mean you don't like music? Yeah, I do. I hate the music business. Hate it with a passion. And people say, that's because you didn't make it. And I say, no, that's because God dealt with my heart. That's why. The Bible says, bless you to you when men shall reproach you. This is a, an indictment against everybody in the music business. It don't matter what kind of star you are. If you're a star, you're famous. O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. That's the word reproach. You're blessed. You're blessed when men reproach you when you are infamous. Not famous, but exactly opposite of famous. You are infamous. You're not famous at all. You're hated. You have to be hated by the world. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it'll hate you. And you people that call yourself Christians in the music business, 
You get out there and dress with hardly nothing on. You're disgusting. Seeing pictures of some of these women that these young girls that call themselves stars. Can't even think of that girl's name that's the big superstar and she calls herself a Christian and she'd come out in one picture and bore her dresses up to, I mean, it was up to nearly her waist. Little girl, you are disgusting. Christians don't dress like that. Now, Let's read verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, these works of the flesh, with the affections and lust, everything that makes you feel good in the flesh. If we live in the Spirit over here in the Sabbath, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Empty. Vain is empty. Doxa. Glory. You glorifying yourself. Let me tell you what God said over there in, in Isaiah, the 45th chapter. My glory will I not give to another. No, my praise to anybody. If you're, if you're on a stage... And you're glorifying yourself with your abilities. God says, I'm not in that. You know what you're doing on a stage? You're involved in pride. And nobody can tell me I've been there. There's three words for pride. To fao. Alazan. Alazania. And the word hoopere, H-U-P-E-R-E-P-H-A-N-O-S. The one I'm describing the musicians with, which is all of them, to fao comes the word to floss. Find that over there in the sixth chapter of First Timothy. A man that is following another doctrine, he's proud. He knows nothing. He's destitute of the truth. That word proud, tufao, comes from tuflos. It means to blow smoke, to be consumed by smoke with no fire. No fire. And it, it means to be conceited. Our, our, our music people conceited. Oh, yeah. Alizan means self-esteem. They have self-esteem. These guys that preach self-esteem seminars, they're idiots. Let every man esteem another's wealth instead of his own. Look out for other people, not yourself. And this is the word here that describes singers, popular singers, better than anything else. These are all the words pride. Hooperay finals come from hooper meaning above, and phanos, P-H-A-I-N-O-S, meaning to shine. Those who shine above others, the Bible says, God resisteth the proud. 
that word proud is the word huperephanos. It means God resisteth. Boy, that word resisteth is a powerful word. Resisteth. Tassel my anti. Tassel my. It means to wage anti arrange a war against to wage war with God is at war with people who want to shine above others basking in that glory taking the glory for something that God did in their body you know what men ought to do the Bible says in the 12th chapter of 1st Corinthians that we're given more honor to the uncomely parts of the body of Christ Unclean comely means they don't fit well. That they just, people don't like them because they're too overweight. They got too many warts. They just don't have an outgoing personality. The Bible says those are the people you're supposed to take more time with than the comely parts. Comely parts is somebody who's prettier, handsome, and they are doing the best they're they're doing their best to shine all the time they don't need any more attention we've got people here that are very low-keyed people they don't have a great personality they don't look good they've had been regressed people all their life and people have a tendency not to pay any attention to them. Those are the people you need to, when amen is said in the church and the service is over, those are the people you're supposed to go to and encourage them. Not the popular guy, the good-looking woman. No. Now, so this is what's wrong with the world right here. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis, in Revelation 17 and 5 that Babylon was the mother of harlots. That word harlot means idolatry. Babylon is the mother of those who like to shine above others. Babylon is the mother she gave birth to. What was she founded on? She's founded on self. The problem with the world is self. Back here in Genesis 11 and 4. This is what Babylon was founded on. Let us make us a name. Let us make us a name, a shem, an authority. When people end up successful in the world, they are authorities and they shine above others and God is disgusted with them and they are not reproached. They are famous. They're exactly opposite of being reproached. They're not blessed. They shine. They think everybody likes me. I'm in good shape and you're in terrible shape and you'll die in your sin and be in hell if you don't repent. But if you repent, you'll have to change and stop being famous and you will if you stop I've never seen a star truly change so I'm quitting this business I'm going to go and try to glorify God I'm going to stop playing guitar or piano or or drums and, and stop singing and getting all this glory for myself I've never seen a star do that I don't know that they can 
I believe most stars will be in hell one day. Even the real nice ones that look like real nice guys and real nice girls. They're not as nice as they look when they get around. They cuss behind the stage. They have sexual affairs behind the stage. You probably didn't know that, but they do. The real nice ones do. Now, I will look at another. There are several chapters in the Bible. Let me put some of them on the board. These are some of the chapters that have the works of the flesh in them. Let me erase this. Maybe you can remember that. Self, This when they said, let us make us a name, they were talking about self. We're talking about self. A-U-T-O. Or A-U-T-A-T-A. Or A-U-T-O-U. All those are of a form of auto, which is the word self. An automobile is self-mobile. Auto is masculine. Auté is feminine. Auto is either neuter or masculine gender. So we're talking about self. That's our problem. Now, let's, let me give you some of the chapters. These are some of the chapters. Then I'll go to them. I'll go to some of them. It'll take me some weeks to go through this. When people say, why don't you teach on the New Testament? What do you think this is? Sometimes they want the New Testament that they don't want. But they don't want this self thing. Uh, They don't want the self thing exposed. It's all about that inner man which was Christ birthed in you by his will. That's predestination. God has birthed himself. We were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And he's opposing self in sin. That's all our problem is. Our problem is ourself. We don't look to the things of others. We're supposed to be always thinking about others, never self. There was a football player played for played for the Chicago Bears back in the seventies. His name was Gail Sayers. Gail wrote a book. I bought it. I thought, but what a name for a book. God is first. I am my friends are second. I am third. He called the book, I am third. I hope Gail believed that. He died recently. He was a great running back. I hope he believed that because if he really believed it, he'd be one of the few people that I ever saw that would have believed the truth. We got this list of all these sins, of course, in Galatians 5. This is a list. Galatians 5, and this is not all of them. Then in Colossians 3, that fleshly man that opposes the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. This is a list of them. This is the works of the flesh that we enter into God's spiritual Sabbath. You got Ephesians 4. There's a list of all these sins of this man here. 1 Timothy. 
the sixth chapter. And then Second Peter. Well, this would be in a different list. This would be list Second Peter. One in five, that's about this is the works of the flesh. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Let me put Galatians 5 in there. And you can compare these one against the other. That's just like pitting in antithesis works of the flesh against the fruit of the Spirit. And this is God's Sabbath. And this is man working his own works. And then you've got Second Peter 1, starting in verse 5, down through the following verses. Then you've got Second Timothy. This is a great chapter. I really want to go through all of these. Second Timothy, the third chapter, 1 through, goes on down through the chapter. And you have... Well, wait a minute, I'm putting that in the wrong list. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Three and forward for the next seven or eight verses. And then Matthew five. And this talks about the poor in spirit, the make peacemakers this is the fruit of the spirit and then you've got James and this whole book 1 19 and forward because the second chapter talks about the rich men oppress the poor well I need to put this over here James James one to second chapter, third chapter, fourth chapter, fifth chapter. This is talking about man being evil, being oppressed by the rich. That's what the whole book is about. Then you've got first Peter. This is the evil that men do. First Peter four. And these will all equate these right here are going to equate with the works of the flesh. And then you've got Philippians 2. This is the good things a man needs to do. 2, 1 through about 8. These are the fruit of the Spirit. And then you've got, which is going to go along with this inner man conquering the outer man, you're going to have... You've got this inner man mentioned in Romans 7 and in 2 Corinthians. And sometimes the fruit of the Spirit will be mixed with the works of the flesh in these different chapters. But these are chapters you can read. 2 Corinthians, this is the inner man when the Bible would say, put on the inner man. 
and that would connect with the inner man which would be the fruit of the spirit fighting and battling this outer man which would be the works of the flesh works of flesh or self or sin and remember to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin knoweth to do good knoweth to do good is equivalent to do good and doeth it not is equivalent to unbelief and he doesn't do righteousness that he's involved in unbelief that's what he's involved in and whatsoever is not of faith is sin whatsoever is not of death to self is not of death to self is sin so that would be equivalent to unbelief unbelief which is God said those people that wouldn't go into Anak and conquer those people they were in unbelief and that is equated with whatsoever is not of faith which is death to self is sin death to, unbelief is A-P-I-S-T-I-S pistis is the word faith the alpha period negates the word means no faith or unbelief so whatsoever is not of faith is equal to unbelief now and then you've got Ephesians 4 Ephesians the 4th chapter the Bible is talking about putting on the inward man Ephesians 4 and then Colossians 3 and then one other over here Romans Romans the first chapter and I want us to look at that I'm going to have to look at all of these to show who these works of the flesh are as opposed to the fruit of the spirit which is the spiritual Sabbath now I want us to go over there to Romans the first chapter Romans 1 and this is going to show you now most people read Romans the first chapter and they think that's talking about unbelievers and it's not Paul didn't write any of his books to unbelieving men he wrote them all to believers all of these things what he's talking to here in Romans the first chapter he's telling you how the people at Rome got involved in unbelief they started off he starts a book to the Romans why would he write to Rome about unbelievers outside the church he wouldn't when he wrote to Ephesus and he said there's two men in the church preaching a doctrine that eats like a tank or a gangrene Hymenes and Philetus he wasn't talking about unbelievers he was talking about believing people when he wrote to Galatia he said I marvel that you are so soon removed that him that called you into another gospel he said which is not another but some have perverted the gospel of Christ 
And he said, told the Galatians in the third chapter, the first verse, he said, who hath bewitched you? You should not obey the truth. You're bewitched. That's where the Romans were. All of these people, I mean, Ephesus had Hymenaeus and Philetus and Alexander, and they were all false teaching. God told Timothy, you beware of Alexander. He's a preacher at the church there. Beware of him. He stood against me at Ephesus. He wanted to kill me along with the pagans. What he's doing is showing us just how evil a man's heart can be when he's a believer. Just like he did Manasseh over in Second Kings, the 20, 21st chapter. Nobody had ever been more evil as a king than King Manasseh. Not to be confused with the firstborn of Joseph. Manasseh was a common name. But King Manasseh, he raised up gods in the temple. He offered his children in the fire. And they killed him. And I thought when I first read about Manasseh, God, you ought to kill that man and put him in hell. And he got carried away in the deportation of Israel. And when he got to, when he got over to Babylon, the king gave him a place at his table and Manasseh was converted the Bible has got all kinds of things about how evil a believer can be this first chapter of Romans is not talking to unbelievers it's talking about believers at Rome now watch what he says here he's talking about gosh I don't even know where to start here I'll read verse 20. For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, you can't know God as a vessel of wrath. Why why would he write to Rome to correct a bunch of people that were vessels of wrath, fitted to destruction? He describes them in Romans 9.22, but he doesn't say they have any hope. He doesn't make a list correcting all the pagans that Rome. His correction is to the believers. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened professing them to be wise they became fools they weren't fools at first they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness he gave you can't give somebody up to uncleanness unless they were clean first through the lust of their own hearts that's easy to get involved in epithumia to be corrupted and go after things that's forbidden to dishonor their own bodies It's not a dishonor if you're a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction to do things that are wrong. It's dishonorable, but it's you're not doing any 
traitorous things toward God, who changed the truth. Here's what they did at Rome. They they changed the truth of God into a lie. You can't change the truth into a lie. You're a living lie from the beginning if you're a vessel of wrath. And worshipped and worshipped the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause because they changed the truth of God into a lie God gave them up unto vile affections vile is the word atimia a-t-i-m-i-a it comes the word time time is the word honor H-O-N-O-R, excuse me. It's the word honor. It means to place a value on. When you place the alpha in front of T-May, it looks like time, but it's T-May. It negates the word and it translates out It means dishonorable. means no honor no value they place no value upon God it's dishonorable affections pathos dishonorable when men are involved in themselves they're involved in suffering there's honorable suffering and then there's dishonorable a doctor of pathology is a doctor of suffering diseases pathos means suffer it's dishonorable suffering for even their women did change the natural use sukikos p-s-u-c-h-i-k-o-s p-s-u That's the same word over from 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The foolish is Tim. The fleshly man, the man of the flesh or the senses, the physical man does not receive spiritual things. P-H-Y. If I talk when I'm writing, I mess up. P-H-Y-S-I-C-A-L. Physical. So it says here that the, their women did change the physical use into that which is against nature. The physical use of that which is against nature. Well, the physical use was what was a natural man with a woman, woman with a man. What it's talking about is women with women, sexually. And like, when people come up and say, well, I think that they've got preachers in America that are lesbians, and they've got a wife at home. They've got preachers, in, that stupid son of Jim Baker, 
Jay Baker. What an idiot. He's got a church. And I watched him on the internet last night. He said, I believe that that homosexuality is fine with God and that women could be married to women and men to men. He's an idiot. Of course, what will you get when you got a mother and father like he had? Jim and Tammy Becker, idiots at large. If he's what he is, he was production of his father's lies. The natural use of the woman, burning their lust, burning their lust toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Askimonsune, A-S-C-H-E-M-O-N, A-S-C-H-E-O-M-A-N-E. It means what is shame. Now, this first chapter of, of Romans, people will come and say, I think that it's okay and God don't mind if men marry women. I don't, I've had people come up to me and say, do you know the Episcopals have lesbian or homosexual preachers? I said, what difference does that make? That's not a church. They don't believe in truth. And no matter what they do. I mean, vessels of wrath are going to hell, so let them go do what they want. I'm not going to vote for that. Working that which is unseemly, it means indecent. And the word, one of the definitions, one of the definitions is padunda. Padunda meant the sexual organ of the man and the woman. That's what it means. <sighs> Working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. It doesn't mean they made a mistake. The word is plane. They're going to get the recompense of their P-L-A-N-E. That's one of the words deceived. And it comes from the word P-L-A-N-E-T-E-S as well as several other words. Planetase means to cause. This is one of the words deceive or to delude, to cause to be out of the way. There's only one way that we're supposed to be in. It's a narrow tribulation way. Narrow is the word talibo. And it comes from thalipsis, which is the word tribulation. It causes to be out of the tribulation way, and that's what these people are doing. Practicing homosexuality. I'm not a normal preacher against homosexuality and lesbianism. What I believe caused all of this in America is the preachers. The Bible says if you preach any other doctrine... And you don't obedient to my word over there in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. I want to bring the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. 
And all these judgments are on the world right now because of the preachers in the pulpit. I said it several weeks ago that all of these pandemics, whether it's coronavirus, Ebola, AIDS, polio, it's all due to the preachers in the pulpits. Whether it's the virus of, of 1918, back to the smallpox, smallpox killed killed 25 to 50 million people. Bubonic plague killed between 75 and 200 million. They're all because man won't live and tell the truth. We hadn't been living in truth. We have been getting apostate for hundreds of years. And it's going to get worse. And even if they, if they can figure out how to get rid of the coronavirus, God says, I'll give you something you can't get rid of. I don't like what preachers are doing. Now, he goes on to say, working that which is unseemly and receiving them, them, the recompense of their error, which was meat, which was binding, D-D-E-I. God says, I have bound myself to punish anyone who goes this is part of the works of the flesh that Rome is involved in. The Christians that Rome are involved in. And then he goes on to say, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Retain. That means they had God at one point and they got tired of it. The Bible says in Hebrews the 6th chapter, if you don't leave the basic principles of the doctrines of faith and go unto perfection, teleotes, this is the word perfection, T-E-L-E-I-O-T-S. If you go on, go on to maturity and you don't grow up and you stay with the basic doctrines, well, do you believe Jesus as your Savior? I believe that. Uh, would you like to... Uh, join us and and attending the church and listen to truth yeah and if they don't go on to the the if they don't leave the basic principles and don't go on to maturity and grow up and do what the scripture says in in second peter one and five add to your faith these seven things so that you'll never fall if you don't do that you're going to end up in Hebrews 6, you're going to put Christ to an open shame and it'll be impossible to renew yourself unto repentance. Renew means to put you where you first were when you first repented. You'll end up with a big hole in your life and that'll be a disgrace because you went out there and lived in sin like I did, like Jim Brown did when he was in the music world. I'm so ashamed of those years in the music business. I don't like the music world. I like music. I can't help it. I've got a good musical ear. But I hate the music business. The people in it are so sleazy and corrupt. You people ought to be ashamed of all yourselves. A lot of them come out of some Pentecostal background. They think, my grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher like Dolly Parton. The woman is corrupt. She's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. She said one day, that's not enough. I heard her say that. 
Donna, you're disgusting. Now, let's keep reading. How much time do I have, Mike? 17. Let's keep on reading and see if we can't cover some more of this. Uh, and even as they hid not, as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, if they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, they had him in their knowledge because they knew God at one time. This is talking about the believers at Rome, the believing people. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. If God gives somebody over, Paul said, if I do not bring my body in subjection, he was saying, if I don't bring self into subjection, I become a castaway. Castaway and reprobate are the exact same word. Adokimos. A-D-O-K-I-M-A-S. I've given them over. They don't retain God. Retain means to hold and keep what they have had because they knew God in the beginning. This is not a message about evil vessels of wrath living at Rome. This is about Christians at Rome. People say, I wouldn't go to a church that had arguments and fights. Well, you wouldn't go to Rome. You wouldn't go to Corinth. You wouldn't go to Galatia. You wouldn't go to Ephesus. You wouldn't go to Colossia. You wouldn't go to Thessalonica. You wouldn't go to any of these churches because they were having, it was like a wild orgy party at Rome among the believers. How can believers do that? Oh, that's not hard. Just quit growing in the truth. Quit reading your Bible and say, I've got to go fulfill my flesh. Let's keep reading here. All right, where was I? They did not retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to reprobate mind. Reprobate adokimos come from dokimos. Or dokimazo, either one. One's the verb, the other's the noun. That means to be trialed and tested. To go through all kinds of fire. means to go through fire. The alpha in front of a word negates the word as a negative particle. Adokimos means no fire. We don't like the fire that burns out self. We want self. Now, look here. All right. Turns them over to no fire mind. We don't want fire. Don't tell us we have to have fire. And here's here's all of these works of the flesh, just like Galatians, the fifth chapter. God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Kotheka, Kotheka, convenient. Koth, E. K-O-E-K-A. It means fit. They do things that's not fit. It's unworthy of a believer. But these are believers. 
when you think a believer can't get this messed up, they were as messed up as you could get it wrong. Means unbecoming. Being filled with unrighteousness. This is what believers can do. Adikia. A-D-I-K-I-A. Let me erase some of this. They're filled with unrighteousness. A-D-I-K-I-A. That sounds like some lofty word. It's not. It comes from word D-K, which is the word right. The alpha privilege negates that word. It means they didn't do anything that was right. Boy, that's... Everything they did was wrong. The believers at Rome. Being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, there's that word, pornea, idolatry, to serve what you see. Covetousness is idolatry, wanting more. The reason they acted up at Rome is they all wanted what they wanted. The men wanted these men and the women wanted these women. Fornication, wickedness. Pornea, total depravity. P-O-R-N-E-I-A. That means to be as wicked as you could possibly be. In fact, when you look over here in Hebrews, I mean the First Corinthians 11th chapter, First Corinthians 11th chapter, talking about this other Jesus, this other spirit, this other gospel. He's talking about how Eve was deceived, Adam and Eve were deceived in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter. The Bible says, the Bible says, it's talking about this 11. No, Hebrews 11, excuse me. Hebrews 11. No, 2 Corinthians 11. I'll get it in a minute. Excuse me, I get so many things on my mind. 2 Corinthians 11. And the Bible says, Some men will come to Corinth preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. And they will be involved in this thing called Panagia. And it means wickedness or godlessness. That's what these people are. Let's continue here in Romans, the first chapter. What verse was I in? 29. 29. Wickedness, covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness is pleonexia. It means avarice, fraudulent, distortion, because you want more. It means you're fraudulent. You'll get involved in cheating and lying. And these people here that were believers were were involved in fraud, lying and cheating. 
maliciousness. Maliciousness is pakia. K-A-K-I-A. It comes from the word kakas, which is the common word evil. They were involved in all kinds of evil at Rome. When people say, I think it's okay to kind of do what you want and if you want to men with men that if you're hiding in a room that's nobody's business let me tell you it's God's business God sees you maliciousness full of envy envy is the word there is the word phothonos p-h-o-t-h-o-n-o-s P-H-O-T-H-O-N-O-S. I think of the word phthero, P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O, which is a form of this. It means to be rotten, have your mind rotten with thinking. It means rotten thinking. You can't think right. Repent means to be turned and think differently, think righteously. They're thinking unrighteously. Why would God put all of these lists? Why don't you say they were wicked? He wants to drive this in the ground and be firm about it and say, this is how wicked the believers are in Rome. If you don't understand this first chapter, you're not going to understand the book because they're fighting all the way through the book between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers at Rome about who's the most righteous. And none of them are. Now, then he says, full of envy, murder. Boy, but I hadn't murdered nobody. The Bible says, if you hate a man in your heart without cause, you killed him. If you're just jealous, and there's no reason for you to hate him like you do, you're a murderer. Murder is the word phonos. P-H-O-N-O-S. That's the same word that Paul used in that, oh, look over there in the ninth chapter of Acts. It's the same word that when Paul said, Acts the ninth chapter. And Saul breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest. The word slaughter is phonos. Paul was murdering Christians for a living. That's what he did. And he thought he's being righteous. Debate. I've had people say, won't you debate so-and-so? We are never to debate. Never. Debate is the word eris, one of my favorite words. Eris means to wrangle. E-R-I-S. It is a form of E-R-I-T-H-E-I-A, erithea. Erithea, is a, that's in this list also. Erithea, later down in the list, means to have 
a faction inside of a church that is murmuring against the leader of the body trying to destroy it. That's what it means. I'm running out of time. I really wanted to get through all of this, but I can't. I had to reset it by showing you what the works of the flesh, which is not involved in the Sabbath, and moving into Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is our rest, our spiritual Sabbath. This word eris means wrangling or contention or strife. i got a lot to say about contention and strife. I'll probably come back to that. If I run out of time, Mike, four minutes, maybe I can get a couple other things in. Deceit. He goes on to say, backbiter, well, he says, deceit. And that word deceit, dolos, means guile. It means to speak and live by trickery, by tricking people and believing something about you or the world that's not true. And that's the preachers in America. I, you, you, you don't like preachers. I don't like any of them. They're all compromising, all of them. I don't hear anybody that's not compromising. I feel like that old song, Why Me, Lord? Why did you pick me? I told Mary one day when we was down at the restaurant down at Olive Garden this years ago. I feel like I said I feel like God has reached his finger I had and stuck it on top of my head and said, You are going to tell the truth. I said, Yes, sir. When I got in that hospital, stay back in my 40s. I said, God, I'm going to tell all the people all the truth all the time. I don't believe any preachers are telling the whole truth. How can you if you don't go back to the original text? You cannot trust the translators. I didn't say no part of the King James Bible wasn't true, but there's so much error and mistakes through it. But you're not going to know that unless you study the Greek text. Most of the words, this one guy writing me said, the Bible, you don't believe in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It doesn't say that. It says, in the beginning was the Word, Word was God, and God was the Word. It doesn't say the Word was God. It says God was the Word. That is, God is the subject, and the, and the Jehovah's Witnesses have inserted and the word was a God. That'd take a long explanation, but it doesn't say that. They've inverted words where they shouldn't be. They've translated some words wrong. Oh, you can read a King James Bible and get enough truth to be saved and to be, but you can't get the defined words where it looks like there's mistakes made. And they're not mistakes, it's a mistranslation. Especially with the word the when there's 24 ways to spell it in the Greek text. And that guy's an idiot when he says, the King James Bible is the inspired word of God and the 1611 is not. You're an idiot. They're one and the same, dumb dumb. He wants to fight. He said, the 1611 King James is, is wrong. 
you're an idiot. You're calling all the Greek professors in America liars. Am I out of time, Mike? One minute. I'm going to come back and I'm going to go through a lot of these other chapters. This is what repentance is about. It's about turning away from these things in these chapters. That's what it's about. And it's about adhering to these things here. It's We're living in a polluted world. If you don't, anybody can learn to look up the Greek words. You, I can't expect you to learn this all of a sudden, but if you don't learn the customs, the cultures, the idioms, the metaphors, and all of these things, you're not going to learn the truth of the Bible. You're not going to know what they're saying. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. Lord, help us to understand we've got to give up self. That's our major problem. You said, let a man deny himself. You didn't say, let a man deny his demons. Self is our problem. Self is the demon of self. Help us, God, to do everything we're supposed to do. I don't know what to do anymore. Just do, just go straight ahead. Put one foot in front of the other and continue. Fight our battles, Lord. I don't feel like fighting nobody anymore at all. God will praise you for everything. In Christ's name, amen. Well, that was a lot of stuff today, wasn't it? I got to keep going on this so I can help people to understand what the spiritual Sabbath is.